There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. That movie has probably been the most effective movie made to help people understand if you want to go into that world, this is what you're going to have to understand and face. If you don't, if you, now that you saw it, if you don't really want to go into that world, get out of here. Welcome to More Than a Movie, American Me, a podcast that digs into the history and mystery of American Me, a film directed by and starring Edward James Olmos that had a huge impact on Latino cinema and culture. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and I'll be diving into the behind-the-scenes controversy. And although I keep getting warned time and time again to leave this alone, I am still on a quest to find out what really happened to Ana Lizarraga, Charles Manriquez, Manuel Luna, and potentially others, all advisors on the film American Me, who wound up dead in the weeks and months after the film's release. But more importantly, if they were killed because of their participation in the film, we want to find out why. Every episode, I'm going to try to peel back a layer of the story behind this film 30 years after its release by trying to go deeper into the intentions and the motives behind the film and the backlash. Our last episode was all about Edward James Olmos, the director, producer, and star of American Me. Olmos has never addressed the aftermath of the film and seldom even talked about the film itself. He told our last guest, Rafael Agustin, that he, quote, can't talk about it. 
That clip you heard at the top was a rare instance of almost answering a question about American Me from a young filmmaker at New York Film Academy. During an audience Q&A, the young woman asks Olmos if he's encouraging them to tell stories about great Latinos, why did he choose to play Santana? Coming off an Oscar nomination for his iconic role in Stand and Deliver, Edward James Olmos earned the biggest opportunity yet for a Latino filmmaker, to direct and star in a major Hollywood release. And he chose a controversial subject for his directorial debut. The Mexican Mafia, a notorious prison and street gang that at the time was at the height of its powers. It was a bold move, and it didn't end well. To this day, there is still so much stigma and mystery surrounding this film. One of the biggest controversies in the wake of the film is whether the film actually served to discourage kids from joining gangs, which was almost his intention, or if it actually in some ways made gang life seem appealing despite all the bad shit that happens to the characters. You know, that the Chicano gang life, I mean, that's the movie that, that is closest to reality, you know, that, that, that people go and watch. And, and so, yeah, it's one of those films that gets kind of passed down from generation to generation. Uh, and it's still relevant, you know, and, it, and it's still... Um, but it, 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 you said it, it just gets kind of you know, passed down and, and watched and, and rediscovered. Yeah, but it's, it's a class. It's a classic. It's like to me. It's like it's like The Godfather. It's like Goodfellas. It's one of, the, one of these films that captured like a real moment in in time. That's actor Jacob Vargas. If you watched any movies in the 1990s or 2000s starring a Latino family, you know who he is. He played the tough kid, but the good tough kid, the one you were rooting for. Just to name a few of his credits, he's been in Mi Vida Loca, My Family, Crimson Tide, Get Shorty, Selena, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, Next Friday, Traffic, Jarhead, Cesar Chavez, and currently you can find him streaming in National Treasure Edge of History on Disney+. As a kid, I really liked him as an actor. Not just because he's very good, but because there were so few Latinos in film and TV and I found him inspiring. Like a lot of people I talked to for this show, he grew up in Los Angeles around a lot of gangs. The world of American Me was a little before his L.A., but it was familiar. He had friends and relatives who were involved in the life and some who have even lost their lives. So we'll talk about his career. I want to know how he's thrived as a Latino in an industry that throws more oil slicks and banana peels at you than fucking Mario Kart. But we'll also talk about being a kid in L.A., growing up around real gangs and the impact American Me actually had. Was it the cautionary tale almost claims it was, or did it somehow make kids want to escape into the dark and gritty world it presents? This episode of More Than a Movie, American Me, is all about the road paved with good intentions and where it really leads. All right, so why don't you start by just introducing yourself? This is Jacob Vargas, and... um I play uh, Paulito in uh, American Me. In American Me, Jacob played Edward James Olmos' younger brother. Like a lot of Latino actors at the time, Jacob grew up idolizing Olmos. The cool guy in Miami Vice. The weird guy in Blade Runner. So he gets in the casting room for American Me, and EJO isn't there. Instead, he watches two white guys argue over whether he should get this life-changing role in the movie. I mean, I basically auditioned. You know, and but I remember, you know, Eddie, I remember, you know, well, not call him Eddie now because we're boys, but, you know, I remember watching Edward James Olmos in, in uh, Miami Vice, you know, and I remember, like, he was just, like, a bad, 
dude, man. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he just had this vibe and it was so, so cool. And I remember, you know, specifically watching an episode where he like, where he's on the beach, you know, and he, and he takes his, you know, I think he's like, he's like wearing a Speedo and he's, he's like walking on the Miami beach and going to the, and I was like, that's cool, man. Cause I, cause I haven't seen, I never saw that before. Someone that looked or resembled me doing that and looking like, you know, like a sex symbol was the coolest thing ever. Totally. Um, so, so I remember hearing that, you know, he was, he was directing this movie and uh, I went into auditions, but I auditioned for a small role. It was, it was like maybe three lines, like for, for one of the homeboys. And, uh, I remember his assistant at the time was a guy named Danny Otto. And, uh, you know, I have have a lot of gratitude for for Danny Otto because he said, hey, um, I think Jacob should read for this other role, you know. And I remember the casting director was there and they kind of got in a little argument because the casting director would say, no, no, that's already cast. And, you know, and he's like, no, but I think I think Jacob is perfect for this role. And, and, you know, and I'm sitting right in front of him, you know, and they're having this argument. And he goes, no, I'm going to have I'm going to. I'm going to record Jacob in this role. I'm going to send it to Eddie. I think Eddie should see him. And so they had me, you know, read the role of Palito. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then it was like, okay, thanks. Um, we'll, we'll be in touch. And next thing you know, they said, hey, would you mind traveling to uh, to Folsom Prison to meet to meet Edward James Olmos? And I was like, okay. You know, so uh, so here I'm, I'm on a plane. It's up in, in the Bay Area. So I remember, I remember going um, outside of Folsom Prison. I had to go inside. You know, we had to go through the whole process. And I guess they were filming a lot of the stuff. They were already in, in, in production, shooting stuff uh, on the yard. And, you know, Eddie comes to, to see me, and he's, and he's, he's dressed in his, in, you know. In, the prison blues. In, in, in the prison blues. I was like, oh, shit. You know, this, so, but, you know, and he just said, hey, man, I just want to kind of welcome you to, to, to the project and just you know i was very impressed with with your your read and uh you know just want to let you know that 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 you're the guy you know i was like well you know a phone call would have sufficed but <laughs> hey thanks it's great <laughs> um but but it, but it was such a cool experience you know that 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 he told me that in person and, and and he also you know he said look i i i this is a really important film and uh you know and 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 you can tell like just how emotionally like invested he was mm-hmm. in this because he you know he said look we're losing too many too many of our of our children to 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 this violence and i really want to tell a story you know that's, that's a cautionary tale of what happens when you choose this life so you know um so that's what we're we're you know what we're making so so i already kind of feel like oh man this is this is heavy I felt I I just felt the weight of it, you know, and I just felt the the you know the responsibility of it. But I've seen it, man. I you know I I I saw you know at by the time I was I was that age, I saw like a lot of my my friends. You know, I got friends that that got killed that were in gangs and you know um, lost to drug dealing and drugs and all that stuff. So I saw the effect you know that that it had. So um, you know, so I was like right there with them, like cool. Then let's let's do it, you know. And knowing like. No, those people being kind of your peers, because, you know, one of the things I'm so interested in with you is that you were so young doing this. So like the kind of kids that he's trying to reach are around your age. And so do you think like looking at that, were you like, these guys aren't going to listen to this shit? Or were you like, no, this could make a difference? You know, I thought it could make a difference. I mean, I really did. I also, you know, it's Eddie almost telling you that. So, 
you know, so I didn't add weight, and so I, I, I believe, like, dude, if anybody's gonna, gonna do it, it's, it's Eddie, um, and you know, and if you look at my character, yeah, my character mirrors, you know, those, those kids who, who idolize their older brothers or uncles who went to prison, you know, and who, who looked at prison as something, you know, like, like a, like a badge of honor, you know, and. And, uh, and a rite of passage. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And um, and just how easily that that cycle continues. And I remember man, we were shooting some of these scenes where, and Eddie, like, he got super emotional. I mean, he he had tears in his eyes, and you know, he's like, "This is what I'm talking about. This is this is what we we need to stop." Coming up, we'll go through some of the rumors surrounding the movie, including why certain advisors to the film wound up dead. But first, capitalism. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year 
at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to More Than a Movie. I'm Alex Fumero. We're talking to the actor Jacob Vargas about the movie American Me. If you remember, we started this podcast because of the memoir by Danny Trejo. He said he turned down American Me in part because he felt that Edward James almost wasn't taking it seriously. Or maybe too seriously. We're trying to separate fact from fiction. And one of the biggest accusations from Danny Trejo is that almost began living his character everywhere even in places where it wasn't appropriate, like a Jewish deli in Beverly Hills. The first time Jacob met Olmos was actually on set in Folsom Prison, with Olmos wearing prison blues. But he didn't get the sense that Olmos was still in character. What he did find was a man possessed in a different sort of way. Well, I mean, when I saw him, he was actually in, in wardrobe, So because we were working together, and he was in the scenes and also directing, so... Um, I mean, I guess so he would be dressed as, as Santana would, you know, with, with like the Dickies and the, and, and the Pendletons and, and all that. So that's uh, normal. Well, yeah, he's working in the yeah. context, yeah. In, in the context. So, so that, that was not unusual. Um, and yeah, and I, I feel like he, I think all actors do this in, in, in subconsciously in a way we, even though it's not method, we tend to pick up on, on just some of the, the way this character would would speak and and behave and some of the mannerisms and I think sometimes that that bleeds out, you know, s- you know, subconsciously. Because uh, I, I mean I've I've you know done that before as well. You know where where my family or my wife say you know you kind of act a little different. You know you're it's because you kind of you know you you do bring it home a little bit, um, and you know it, it takes a while for it to you for you to kind of shake off that that character if you've been doing it for for a long time that's really good to understand that do you like but but again but going back to to the Folsom thing yeah I mean he was dressed in the blues but because he was he was shooting you know so they were already filming and I, I don't think he would say hey let, let me change out of my my wardrobe to go meet with 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 Jacob yeah you know he just he just walk over from set and say hello and when he talked to you he didn't talk to you like Santana he talked to you like Edward I mean, but Edward kind of talks like Sand. I mean, you know, Edward, Edward does have the, he does have that thing, you know, like, hey, vato. He does have you know, the, yeah. You know, he, he, that was kind of his, his thing. I, I don't, like, hmm, I mean, I'm thinking if, if there was anything out of the ordinary or different, um, I just thought that was just kind of Eddie, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Um, so do you remember, like, the first, what's, like, the first scene that you got to shoot yourself. One of the first scenes was uh, was the the letter scene where 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 I, where I come and I say, hey, um, you know, I, I got the letters that you sent me, and, and I would I read them to all my friends, and and you know, and he was kind of like brag about 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 him. I mean, but it, but it was all it just felt very very natural, man. You know, I think Eddie. Well, 
Eddie created this really comfortable um, environment, you know, where I feel like everybody felt listened to, you know, everybody really felt like like they were a part of 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 the film. Like from even the extras, you know, I remember he would he would tell the extras like, "Hey, this is this is a very important thing. You're not just in the background. You know, what what you're doing is is very important." So other people really felt, you know, the community because a lot of, a lot of extras were real people for the neighborhood. We were shooting in Hazard, and in in the projects, and I remember people really felt like like they were a part of it, you know. And 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 I remember the time, um, you know, there were a lot of the homeboys that were like that were uh, hired to do, like do security. You know, just kind of so that like, everybody really felt like in, involved and and uh, and a part of it. And action. The primera lives, I say, lives through us. It gives to us. It is us. You posted a a, a, a couple of years ago. You posted a a video from the documentary Lives in Hazard yeah. where you're being di- part of it is you being directed by Edward James almost. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be directed by this guy who's such a legendary actor? Again, man, with going, listening, you know, I'm thinking about, about our conversation when we were filming, it was all, like he, he would sit down with you and, and say, you know, say, Jacob, this is, this is such an important you know, scene because you know we need to 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 show the world you know the the dangers and the violence of, of this life and and you know and really kind of kind of get tell you just how deep and important this scene is. Um, and again, man, he was like just super passionate about it. Just you know, um, but then he just kind of let you do your thing. You know, uh, and he didn't get too involved as far as. You know, you know, giving you any line readings or anything, um, but he would just kind of, you know. And I remember um, one scene specifically was the you know the end of the movie where 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 we, where we do the drive by. I mean, he was a wreck. He was like an emotional wreck. Like he was like crying and 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 I remember you saying this this is you know this there's just too much of this. There's too much of this happening happening in our in our community, Jacob. We're losing too many kids and we're losing you know too many family members and. You know, like, and this is it. You, you know, you, you guys are telling the world, you know, this, the, you know, showing the world what, you know, what this cycle does. Yeah, like I said, he, he had a mission, man. Like, I, I just remember he just really w- believed that this movie could make a difference, you know, in, 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 you know, in our community. And it wasn't just for entertainment. You know, it was, it was, he didn't want to, to glorify, you know, the, the life. You can only control what you put out in the world, not how people react to it. And it's pretty clear that Olmos was making a movie with a message. But 30 years after its release, American Me is not known for preventing gang violence. If anything, the movie seemed to have caused more of it. Do you see any irony in uh, that a film that was intended to stop gang violence it may, maybe it actually recruited more people to um it. i mean I, I guess there is some irony in that uh, but but i feel like i'm sure it, it probably stopped a few kids you know like i'm sure a lot of people will see that and say hey i don't want any part of that as well i feel like with certain movies you know it can, it can be singled out that american is the only one like you look at like you know the goodfellas and all these other Films that are, that are cautionary tales about the mafia, mm. you know, in in a way, tend to glorify it, you know, and they just because 
you know, these actors did a really good job and all these characters were were cool and, and uh, you know, Santana was like a cool dude and, you know, he was in charge and, and uh, you know, it held a lot of power. So I just think that there's an, an attraction to you know, to that and some people will look at that above above what the real meaning of of, uh, of you know of the, of the film is that it's a vicious cycle and in the context of like this basically i mean there was boulevard nights before it but in a way american me like starts a kind of subgenre of these types of movies mm-hmm. i mean clifton collins jr who's your buddy is in one of my favorites which is 187 okay uh and but so in the kind of catalog of these kinds of movies where do you rate american me in terms of like who go, the, in in the category of this kind of like Chicano gangster flick is a, is American Me like the least glorifying? Do you think it's the one that's the most kind of cautionary? I, in my opinion, yeah, I, I I feel like it's the the least glorifying in its intention, um, but also the more realistic. You know, I, I felt because it it kind of name names, you know, in, in a way, and and really you saw the truth and i think because of that it's 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 a lot it's more of an attractive film yeah i mean it definitely named names yeah I mean, the film name checks laeme right and uh, a lot of the discussion around anna and some of the other deaths were that it was retribution for participating mm-hmm. in a film that some people felt was you know libelous and disparaging mm-hmm. um joe morgan being one of them who've like filed suit. Right. As, as as an actor in the film, how do you feel about that? I mean, I always say, I always say at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I was just an actor. You know what I mean? I, I, I wasn't aware. Like, I didn't know the story. I didn't know about any of this, uh, you know, going into it. Um, you know, you're just, you're just an actor playing a role. So, uh, and, you know, I, I just know, like, according, you know, Eddie, you know, I know he said, "Look, I had he had permission, you know, to do the the, the film the way the way it is." So, um, so I don't know where, you know, it got lost in translation, but um, but you know, I mean, at the same time, you you're always a little you know worried about that, you know, um, and I hope that's all in the past. Oh yeah, the Danny Villarreal and mm-hmm. Danny de la Paz uh, both said that they'd had people sort of warn them to be careful in mm. in the process and in the aftermath of the film. You know, nobody's ever told me anything. So, so, so I don't know. Maybe they don't like me very much. Like, <laughs> just go out there and be free. You know, be out in the open. But, but I, but then again, I didn't. You know, I wasn't portraying any in any of of the actual MM members either. You know, I was I was just the little brother on the outside. Very good point. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, and then on the street, I'm curious. Like, what was the vibe, right? Like, like, do, do you get people going to you and being like, "Yo, like, what happened? Like, what, what? Do you think the word on the street is is that this was a that this was blowback for the film?" Um, I remember when it first happened. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people had questions, and I had zero answers, you know, for them. Um, but I haven't gotten anything lately, you know. Like, like I said, like once, you know. You guys got in touch with me. I said, "Oh wow, American Me." Right? You know, we, we haven't talked about that film in like you know twenty five years. So um, um, I think a, a lot of people may have like forgotten about about it. I don't, you know, or it's it's not 
it's not that pressing of an issue as it was back then. Mm-hmm. You know? I heard from other actors in American Me that Chicano audiences weren't too happy with the movie or its depiction of Chicano culture. This is our first movie, some of them said. And gang war is what we get? Jacob's parents saw the movie and didn't really know what to think. But for his own generation, the movie was an instant cult classic. Just not for the reasons almost would have wanted. Funny, man. My parents, I'm thinking, I remember we watched it. We went to the movie there and we... You know, I do think my parents, you know, thought it was kind of violent, you know. Um, but my parents, you know, all they watched was like telenovelas and like and like, you know, like Mexican, you know, television. So they're like, you know, so they didn't know who anybody was, you know. They're like, I don't know who the, any any actors are. They it, don't even know Edward James. No, almost. no. Yeah. I mean, they they do now, but no, of course, but know? then they're like, uh, y la talia donde está? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I I remember. One time, what did I, I did something. I, I did like a Spanish uh, talk show, and, and my parents were so excited that I did this talk show, you know. And I was, and, and I'm like, okay, you guys don't understand, <laughs> um, you know. But I, it's just, I think we're we're just from from, from two different worlds. Totally. Know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely not a movie that my parents would go watch. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. Um, but I remember watching it with a, like a sold out crowd. I remember there was like line out the door. It was sold out, and people loved it. That's you, the, you know, and and, yeah. and the funny thing was, I remember walking out, you know, and people were like, "Oh, that's cool, man! That's a, Santana was badass," and and everybody, and I and I was like, "Wow, man! It's for it being a cautionary tale, it, almost like it had the reverse effect, you know, because because these characters." We're, again, maybe because we n- we never saw ourselves up on screen, and now now we're finally seeing ourselves, you know, in in in, in a big Hollywood film. Um, you know, did it glorify it? I don't know. My conversations are usually people people love the film. I mean, people love the film, but also to explain how how the prison gangs you know work and and uh, and uh, for anybody that wants to understand, like you know the you know that the Chicano gang life. I mean, that's the movie that that is closest to reality. You know that 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 people go and watch, and and so it's one of those films that gets kind of passed down from generation to generation, uh, and it's still relevant. You know, and it, and it's still, um, but it, it, it you said it it just gets kind of you know passed down and and watched and and rediscovered. Yeah, but it's, it's a class. It, it's a classic. It's like. To me, it's like it's like The Godfather. It's like Goodfellas. It's one of, the, one of these films that captured like a real moment in in time. Totally, and and as you said, it was a film where people saw themselves right. on screen for the first time. Yeah. Um, so you you've touched a little bit about you've touched a little bit on on the on the what the verisimilitude, right? The authenticity mm-hmm. of the film inside and outside of the jail. Um, you, there were extras that were actual gangsters yeah. mm-hmm. in the in the dudes who were in gangs. I mean, you see it in Lives in Hazard. Can you talk a little bit about like what it was like to kind of interact with those people? How how that sort of worked? I grew up in the hood. I grew up with with gang members all around me all the time. So it wasn't anything you know different for me. It's just they just happened to be from Hazard, you know. Um, but you know, but it was. They were cool, man. I mean, if anything, they were cool. If anything, they would like, you know, um, kind of give 
um, you know, kind of help out a little bit, like say, hey, you know, cuff cuff the bottom of your pant a little bit here, or the crease needs to be, you know. So they they're very particular about about how these guys should look. And I remember they were very particular about like not being wrinkled. You know, they'd be like, no, no nobody would be wrinkled, like, because, you know, because you know, we were playing kids, I remember, and so I think, like, they were putting the clothes on for us, and they're saying, well, these these are, like, younger kids, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't be as, like, well put together, and the guys say, oh, no, man, once, once you get in, man, you're, like, you're ironing your shit, you're ironing, you're ironing your underwear, your socks, your, the crease has to be perfect. Khakis with the cuff and right. the crease. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, you know, and so... So you know, or also like I remember when you know I was I was doing the in one of the things I was I was putting a tattoo on, on the you know so a couple of guys say look this is how you would do it you get the needle and you poke you know so so they were they bec- they became consultants um, yeah in a way yeah but like again man it was like a big family like everybody was really kind of pulling together to make this movie happen. Yes, everyone was pulling together, but in the neighborhood, anger was simmering in the background. Some gangs wanted to be in the movie, but weren't cast. Others were cast, but didn't like sharing the stage with rival gangs. One of the people negotiating between the gangs in the movie was Annalie Sarraga, a professional gang interventionist. It was her job to make sure the set was safe in a rough neighborhood every single day. And every morning, the film's location manager, Antoinette Levine, would give everyone a safety talk. What was your impression of these kind of safety talks that folks like Antoinette Levine would give uh, to the cast and crew? Um, honestly, dude, I don't, I don't even know if, if I was paying attention to to the safety. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I was like, all right, I don't know what this guy is talking about, but all right, that's very funny. Uh, you know, but mm-hmm. but I do remember, you know, they would say, hey. You know, I, I guess some other gangs were kind of coming around. And, and I remember there was an issue with some people feel left out. Like, well, why are they including this gang and not this gang? And I remember there was some kind of, like, behind-the-scenes truce that was, that was going on. But, again, man, we weren't privy to that. I mean, we were young kids, so, so I think we were, we were kind of protected against, you know, against all of that. You know, and they kind of did a good job of, of, of separating us from that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about... Um, some of the consultants that were on the set. So um, I'm sure you're aware that um, about a couple months after the film came out, um, Annalisa Raga yeah. was was unfortunately killed. Um, and there's been and there were a couple other folks, and there's been a lot of rumors about the motivations behind that. I'm just wondering, from your perspective as someone who's in the film, how did you do? You remember hearing that news, and do you remember how you felt? You know, I, it's funny because I, you know, had a, a lot of contact with Anna. I mean, she she was the one that was that helped a lot with with the extras, mm-hmm. and uh, and she was you know there kind of making sure that everybody was listening. You guys got to understand this is the movie. You guys, you know, if you're gonna be in the scene, you got to stay in the scene. You can't just walk off, you know, and like leave and and uh, you know because a lot of people don't know what it's like to be an extra like no you're doing the same thing same scene over and over and over again so i just i do remember her being being around there and and you know talking to some of the kids because you know some of the kids were like were were still you know uh kind of like little peewees and you know and some were wannabes and so she i'm sure always like saying hey this movie's for you guys man you guys you know you know you know and she was like you know sit stay away from from this, stay away from that, and stay in school. So I just remember her being like, you know, very vocal, 
Um, and the, yeah, and then I, you know, next thing I know, I heard that 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 she was killed. It was really sad. Hmm. Do you remember? Can you tell me more about her and her character and how? You know, like I said, I I didn't know her that well. You know, okay. she she just seemed like like you know like like one of those aunts that's that's always telling you, hey, stay in school. You know, like um, you know, don't be a pendejo. And you know, um, so I, she was always you know out there with with the with, with the community with the you know with the and be be kind of a liaison to what the people needed you know and 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 present that to the production like say hey these people need give them some water or hey they're in the shade too long or something you know mm-hmm. so so i mean that's kind of what i remember about her coming up on more than a movie i asked jacob about growing up in pacoima and how he avoided gang life by basically entertaining the bangers I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, health 
HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Welcome back to More Than a Movie. We're talking to Jacob Vargas about American Me. So we're obviously here to talk about American Me, but I wanted to ask a little bit about how you grew up like how you got to be so successful in this industry. I mean, first of all, my understanding is that you're from LA. You're from, you were born in Michoacan. Right. Yeah. I was born, I was born in Michoacan. Um, but my parents immigrated, uh, to the U S when I was a year old. So I pretty much grew up in Pacoima, California. Um, you know, it was the hood pretty, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I grew up pretty I you know, breakdancing. So that was, that was, that was that was my thing. I I you know it was like there was some kind of truce there where if you were breakdancing, then the gangs kind of left you alone. You know they just kind of kind of gave you a pass like oh okay he's he's a dancer cool you know leave him alone we're not gonna try to recruit him or anything. So that was my thing. They would actually make us dance for him. They'd be like hey <laughs> hey fool dance and you're like all right all right you know. So that was the trade. That, that was the trade off. Yeah yeah um you know grew grew up in uh, in Pacoima, went to San Fernando High School. Um, San Fernando Junior High. Jacob was a break dancer in high school, and that's what kept him out of trouble. Eventually, somebody suggested he try out for the school play at San Fernando High School. And that's how he found out what acting's really about. People throw food at you when they hate it. I didn't plan on becoming an actor. I, I got discovered break dancing uh, by my first uh, manager. And so she was a, a teacher's aide at, at, a, at an elementary school nearby. I went to go, I got suspended for break dancing. So you know, part of my punishment was, well, you got to go pick up your sister from, from school every day. So I, so I started breakdancing in the schoolyard while we went to pick her up. This, uh, this uh, teacher's aide named Andrea Jones saw me and, and she said, hey, um, would you want to be an actor? Uh, I, I manage a few kids here. They, they do commercials and, you know, they do some work. So, uh, you know, you got a really good look. Uh, would you want to be a breakdancer? You know, I, on on TV and, and commercials, I said, yeah, why not? So it's really odd, man. So then next thing you know, I hop, I, you know, if you think of it now, like I, we hop in her car, you know, and like, <laughs> and she like drives us, you know, to my house. So next thing you know, you know, uh, you know Miss Jones, what we call her, she said, hey, um, you know, I, I, I want to represent your son and as an actor and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take him to auditions and. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to manage him. Yeah, what um, did your dad say? Because I, I want to know the immigrant parent I, reaction. He's just like, what? what, are, what are, and who is this woman? Why are you in her car? Why are you, you know, why, why are you putting yourself in, in, in you know, in danger and, and all, all that kind of stuff? But, you know, for some reason, I, I wanted to do it. I'm like, Dad, come on, just, just you know. And, uh, and she said, look, I'll pay. Because you know, my parents are like, I don't have any money. You know, I'm not going to pay for any classes or pictures or anything. And she's like, look, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. I will, uh, you know, I'll front you the money. And, uh, you know, so she had a lot of belief in me, which is really odd because I, I just met this lady. And then next thing you know, you know, she, uh, I have an audition. She's like, hey, you have an audition wow. uh, for a role of a breakdancer on, uh, on on Different Strokes, the TV show. And I'll take you down 
to uh, Universal Studios, you know, they, um, and dude, I auditioned for the role. Uh, they say, hey, can you start today? You know, I remember auditioning like, like, like at 9 in the morning, and they said, can you come back at like noon and, uh, and start uh, working on it? And, dude, and next thing you know, man, you know, I, I spent a whole week on set. We're rehearsing. Uh, we do the live performance. You know, it was a small role, but it was, but I, you know, it was, it was in front of a live audience. I mean, it was just an amazing experience. It was great. And then, you know, and uh, so my dad said, okay, maybe there's something here, you know. And the next thing you know, I get my check. And they're like, yeah, you stick to this. <laughs> stick to this acting, son. ¿Cuántas horas estuviste ahí? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember because with that money, you know, I bought like school clothes for all my all my brothers. We're like, you know, because this was during the summer when this happened. Uh, what is your favorite scene in the movie? And it doesn't have to have you in it. What is your favorite uh -huh. scene in the movie and why? My favorite scene in the movie and why? It's a good question. I mean, I, I'd have to, I'm biased, you know, it'd have to be. I mean, for me, it, it, it'd have to be like, you know, the, the end of the film. You know, here we're you hear these kids kind of doing a little drive by, you know, uh and and they give it to the youngest kid, you know, to, to, to make his bones and and uh you know, and the tragedy of it is there's not even a target. It's just like which one? It's like it doesn't matter. You know, so just the the, the just how arbitrary it, you know, it is and just how callous it is. And that's that's the continuation of this cycle. But even that final scene carried its own kind of tragedy. An actor who played a young gang member in the backseat of the car was actually shot in real life before the movie's premiere. The shooting left him blind. Yeah, he was he was one of the kids uh he was he was one of the kids that that, that was in the, in the scenes with us. He was in the backseat. Yeah, and I and I remember you know, it's funny because you, 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 you know, you just brought back a memory is that his big dream was like, dude, I can't wait to see this movie. I can't wait to see this movie when it comes out. And that, that was, that was his, his big, um, you know, I remember he, he was kind of like, you know, in and out of trouble. And, and this was something positive that, that, that he was doing and moving in, in, in the right direction. And I remember, uh, um, hearing, that yeah that he you know n never got to see the film hmm. that's tragic yeah yeah on our next episode we talk to the actors who played two of your favorite characters from the movie danny de la paz and daniel villarreal aka puppet and little puppet if that is so, why were we allowed to shoot yeah, Folsom? We could never have made the film without why, a green why light. why were we allowed to use like 300 prisoners yeah you know, they would, they could have killed us at any moment. That's on our next episode of More Than a Movie, American Me. More Than a Movie, American Me is a production of Exile Content Studios and Trojan Horse in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. The show is produced by me, Alex Fumero, at Angry Yuka on the Internets. And our senior producer is Nigel Duara. Rose Reed and Kareem Tapsh are the executive producers. Production assistants from Sabine Jansen, Anna Octavio, and Stella Emmett. Mixing and sound design by Eduardo Albornoz. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Bances and Arlene Santana. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. 
And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.